The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Buying a home? Selling your home? You've come to the right place. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Hello, everyone. This is Rob Golfy with Remax, the Golfy team. Welcome to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition, with Phil Golfy and host Rick Zamprin. Good morning. Yes, the two Golfies are here, both Rob and Phil, sales representatives, Remax's Skirtman Realty, the Golfy team. Check them out online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G O L F I.com. You want to get your home sold or you're in the market to buy a house, you got to call the Golfy team. It is the number one Remax team in Canada. The phone number is 905-575-7700. They're all over TikTok, Facebook, Threads, X, Instagram, and for an instant home estimates, go online to golfyhomevalue.com. Plug in some numbers and you'll get a good idea of what your home could be worth. Lots to talk about on the show today, including a new short-term rental bylaw that will appear, be appearing soon here in Hamilton. We'll talk about the conditional sale of property and whether or not you should take an offer of conditional sale. Bank of Mom and Dad is not just being counted upon for down payments any longer. Not sure the Bank of Mom and Dad has any more money left, but we'll talk about that on the show today. And uh, lots more to come in terms of rental properties and whether or not you should furnish them. We'll get into that here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. First, as always, we talk about the real estate life of one Rob Golfy. And hey, we got to include Phil Golfy in that too. How are you guys doing? Good, good. It's uh, it's uh, it's been a funny market, and uh, I'll tell you, like a, a lot of sellers out there are uh, uh, frustrated and wondering what's happening. And uh, all I'm saying is, and I tell my team, just let the sellers know, be patient, be patient. Um, the market will uh, pick up, but when? Uh, and and the thing is, the timing of the year is a little is going to be a little funny because. Uh, we're entering into holiday season, which the, a lot of the buyers will back off and wait maybe till the new year. So if you really have to sell right now, you may end up having to uh, drop your price of your home uh, to a point where it, you're going to, it's going to be disappointing in, in, in the outcome. Uh, or if you have the time to wait, uh, I think, uh, you know, getting it on the market at the end of February, the end of March, the end of, sorry, the end of January, February, March is, is the timing. Now I did look at some stats from, uh, usually in the spring market in Hamilton, usually it picks up somewhere around, uh, February, March, but in Niagara, it seems to follow and, and it, like, it's like uh, sometimes April, May, where it starts really picking up. So in Niagara, they may have to wait a little longer for things to pick up out there. Um, but it has been, uh, it's, it's been tough out there, Rick. I'll tell you a lot of the agents, uh, I mean, like every, a lot of the agents are concerned right now. They're worried. Um, they're wondering what's going on and, uh, and the numbers are showing it. The numbers are showing it like, <clears throat> in, like in the benchmark price, just in the Hamilton and surrounding area, uh, for, for the, all the month of October came in at 707,500. Now, if we went average sale price, it'd be a lot higher, but the benchmark price we know eliminates the, the, the low priced homes and the high priced homes. So this gives a real true, what a value, what, what the price values are going on, but 707,500 
is what's happening what's, what's happening and it's probably that's probably the lowest this year so far since uh, october of last year mm-hmm. and uh, so it took a dip it, it did spike in uh june july and august and then it started climbing down and i think it may climb down more but it will pick back up i in my opinion in uh, february march next year well it's a tale of two markets right we're <clears throat> we're in this position right now where where everyone's asking us it's, it's do i do i list before the new year or do I wait until the spring of next year? And, you know, we don't know, right? We, 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 we will have a good pulse on it in terms of w- where we're going and in, in where we've been. For example, you know, beginning of November, we've, we've already surpassed the sales that we've done in, in October. So we've seen a little uptick in terms of unit sales, in terms of appointment volume and sales volume in comparison to where we were in October. So just due to the amount of listings that we have and that we're hearing and the amount of agents that we have on our team, we have a way better pulse on, on where the market is today um, and where we're going in comparison to the average real estate agent who's working on their own or working in a small team or working in a small office. So when the, when the market transitions quickly, you know, we're the ones who are able to be proactive and in, in taking this information and taking the data and taking our experiences and, and adjust accordingly in comparison to the other, you know, the, the other agents who are, are, you know, working in terms of a more reactive environment. Um, and they don't necessarily have access to the information that we have access to. So we're, we're able to help our sellers and help our buyers um, in, in those scenarios. And, uh, and, and we've been successful doing so. You mentioned uh, just a couple minutes ago, uh, you know, whether to sell now or in the spring. And my guess is it's going to depend on location, type of home, price point, right? Like those are the three kind of uh, points in terms of whether now is the best time to sell or, or waiting until the spring. There's there's no cookie cutter approach, which you guys clearly know. No. And you know what? And I had a debate with a, a realtor in Calgary and uh, he he's a, a large agent out there does does very well. And I said to him, I go, um, I said, I'm telling some people, you know, if you don't have to sell right now, keep it on the market at the price, and be patient. Yeah. Now he's telling me, Rob, it's overpriced. I and I in my argument, it's overpriced for now in this market that we're in because it because ha- it, it it has slowed down. The people that are buying are the people that want a house. They want to buy a house. They're they've been looking at buying a house. And they've been pre-approved at the interest rates today. Now, the people that, you know, don't have to buy a house, they're just buying it. They're, they're not trading one house for another. They're going to stay where they are if they can, unless they have relocation, divorce, or death, or whatever. Those are the only people that are that are moving. And, uh, and everybody else is sitting tight or if they can get a certain amount for their house. So the guy that says, hey, if I put my house up for sale, I want X amount of dollars. I want big dollars. So I can buy that other house. And, but meanwhile, that's an unrealistic price right now, today, uh, as in, in November uh, of, right. of, of 2023 is not the right price. How, but, but to play devil's advocate to that is what, what, you know, like I said before, is what, what we're being asked a lot is do we list in the spring? And a lot of people are, are expecting the spring of 24, 2024, to take off like it has every other year. And if, if this market floods in 2024 with a ton of new listings, because that's what everybody, everyone's been saying, it's wait until the spring and the buyers don't come, then you're in trouble. Well, but the majority of the consumers think spring market is April, May, June, for sure, and which is too late. Yeah. And I'll tell you, in my 
experience when like if the market's a little flat, um, I find that the spring market kicks in early, especially in the Hamilton area and it, and like February, March, but it could be a sporadic six weeks, one month. That's it. You have a short window to get your house on the market, get it sold for a good price. And then boom, it just goes back to sleep again. So, and I feel that's maybe what's going to happen next year. But I do feel at the end of next year, things will start picking up because the government has achieved what they wanted. Um, They slowed inflation down. Uh, People are scared out there. People aren't buying as much consumer goods. You know, Amazon's not selling as much stuff. Uh, the, the malls, I'll tell you, through the Christmas holidays, they're going to starve more. They're already starving now, but they're going to starve more. Um, so things are, are going to change. And, but like I said, we, you have a short window next year. I, do, I truly believe that. I did predict that the house, housing market was going to go up and down the, like 10, 20, 30, 40,000 uh, this year, and it did. I, I predicted that, and I still predict that we're going to have a short window next year and, and better be ready for that. But back to the stats. Let's go to – look at Ancaster. Um, in Ancaster, uh, the market in September dropped, in, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, 957,500. And then it spiked up in October, one million to one one million one hundred forty four thousand. So who knows what happened there? I mean, there was only twenty six homes sold in September and thirty six in October. Mm-hmm. Um, see, but but you could see you could see it's jumping around right. in, uh, in, in Ancaster dramatically. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, then, and that, that, uh, that's also the case in, you know, you look at the Hamilton Mountain that has the lowest price since December of last year at 685000 And, you know, a, a relatively healthy number of 101 homes sold, a little bit more than September, but still lower than the spring or summer market. The Mountain, is the Mountain a tricky place to sell now? The, mar- the Mountain is one of the, I, I'd say is one of the best places. If you're going to buy a house, the Hamilton Mountain is always like, Solid. Yeah. When I say solid, yeah, you go there. It's stable. It's stable. Appreciating. Yeah, you you you, you never can still find a deal if if, if yeah. you're at the lower end of the market. Right. There's still those opportunities where you know houses are, are are a little bit tired, a little bit worn. Just just requires some sweat equity and and uh, you know a little bit of updating. But if you if you want to move on to the mountain, there's 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 opportunities. Um, and and every sort of home, right? You you have your big detached two story to your small, you know. 900 square foot bungalow. Yeah, no, like the Hamilton Mountain, I always say, if you can afford to buy up there, that's the first choice. It's a solid thing. Now look at Hamilton West, uh, average, so, I'm sorry, not average, benchmark price, 728,000, 30, 39 sold. Mm-hmm. And it's, and again, it's been hovering up by, back and forth by, by, you know, sometimes 20 to 50,000 up and down. So it's, it, it, it varies there. So Hamilton West is pretty strong. And I think, you know what, next year, the, the more, uh, build uh, apartment buildings are built downtown. I think uh, the uh, ownerships of uh, people have investment properties for student rentals in the West End. I think they're going to struggle. So I would actually try to unload those now because there's going to be a lot of rentals available downtown Hamilton, especially with Leona that's built, building quite a few of them. Um, lower Stony Creek, eh? Like, uh, 682500 is the average sale price in October. And at, it, at its height, we were in March of this year in Lower Stony Creek, uh, of eight hundred and ten thousand, so and it's been hovering between you know seven twenty to uh, to seven uh, seven fifty, mostly seven seventy five. July we had eight eight hundred twenty one thousand in Lower Stony Creek, so it's it's been jumping up and down all over the place. Now Burlington, Burlington's pretty solid. 
they they dropped in uh, in August to 960,000 benchmark price, but now they're at, at a million 45,000, 140 sales. And so it looks like it's it's kind of stabilizing and, and hanging on tight, except for the month of August of this year. And then uh, Brantford, you know, uh, benchmark price, 649,500, which is not not bad, good, good, affordable. And then in Niagara, we're at 600,000, uh, all in Niagara, 600,000 for benchmark price, which is still a great uh, number. Yeah, relatively stable compared to previous months throughout the year and uh, certainly earlier on this year. I do want to ask these two fine fellows, Rob and Phil Golfie from the Golfie team, about market correction. We heard that term for the last number of months. We'll get their opinion on whether that has already happened or whether that is still to come. That is next on the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name is Rick Samprin. Pleased to be joined once again by Rob Golfy and Phil Golfy, sales representatives, Remax's Garmin Realty, the Golfy team, called the number one Remax team in Canada. Whether you want to buy a home or you want to get your home sold for top dollar, that number one team here in Canada is the Golfy team. 905 575 7700. 905 575 7700. Check them out on Online at robgolfi.com. That's Rob G O L F I.com. And you can follow the Golfi team on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, X, Threads. You name the social media platform, they are dominating the game. If you have a question or a topic idea for the Golfi team, send them an email questions at robgolfi.com. If you're thinking something real estate related that you would like the Golfi team to answer, that email address is questions at robgolfi.com. Before the break, I mentioned the term market correction. I was just thinking about, you know, looking at all the stats that we talked about previously in the show, we heard for months now there's going to be a correction in the market. The, the housing bubble is going to burst. You know, something is going to happen. Has that already happened or is that still something that is on the horizon? I think the market correction happened, but it's just hovering in that zone. Um, and But I think there is going to be more of a, of, of a correction happening uh, in December, just like it did last year. And then it started climbing. So it, we're, we're in, we're in, we, the crack, I think the, the bulk of the corrections happening and we're just hovering right now. We're just kind of yeah. gliding through and, and it's, and it, and it's varying up, you know, between 10 to 50,000 up and down, depending on where you are and what, 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 what area of uh, where you yeah, live. I mean, in comparison to, to spring 2022, oh. the market correction has happened. Yeah. Right. We're we're down double digit percentages in in comparison to where we were in terms of benchmark price, average sale price, and and what we're seeing now is is what the current interest rates and and you know where we are today as a market is the people that need to sell today now are are having to to reduce their purchase or their their asking price significantly to to attract the buyer today and that's in today's market if if you're in a position and and whether it's you have another home that you bought or you're going through a job loss or a divorce or or what have you in in terms of you know those significant life events and, and you need to sell property there's there's significant price reductions that are happening in today's market 
Um, and, and that would could be considered a correction. Whereas in 2022, you didn't have to do those significant price reductions. You, you, you would price it right and you would have multiple buyers attracted to your property. But it seems like even today, um, you know, you, you, you chase the market all the way down. And if you don't have that time to, to sit out and wait for your best buyer, then, then the only way to attract is, is to, to, you know, reduce your price, price below the market value or, and, and, and trying to get people in the door. So in my opinion, you know, we, we, we are in a current, you know, the, I, I feel like our market is still correcting, but in comparison to where we were last year in 2022, the market, the market has corrected for sure. Another thing we talked about in our opening segment was, and Rob, you referred to it a couple of times, the the windows and, and how they're going to be a little bit smaller or shorter come the spring. Do you think that might be the new reality, at least for the next little while, is these buying and selling windows, spring and summer markets especially, are going to be a little tighter, a, tighter, a little shorter? Well, that window, what I'm talking about is that there's going to be a, a, a flurry of activity that's going to happen. And uh, I'm not, and the, and the housing price will climb a bit because there's going to be a flurry of buyers going into the market, and there's not going to be as many houses on the market. But you're going to see they're going to be listed and sold pr- pretty quick. Right now, we have an abundance of homes on the market. I've got one of my properties, and I was just testing the market to see, and it, it's one of my rentals, and and it's in fantastic condition, listed at 499.9. I can't believe it; it hasn't sold. Now that house four months ago or six months ago would have been gone. It probably would have been gone at 510,000 uh, or 20,000. But that just shows you how the market is. And that's a house 500 or under. Yeah. And we're not even, you know, I'm getting a little bit of action. That tells me that, hey, they're not biting right now. They're just, you know what? You ever gone fishing? You never caught anything? Well, guess what? This, this is what's happening. Uh, we're putting the houses out in the market and, 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 and the buyers are, are nibbling maybe, but they're not biting and, 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 and it's and hard to hook them. It's not just a sign of, you know, it's the right price. The yeah. property's in great shape and, and, and there's, you know, you just, it just takes more time. Yeah. And, and in the real estate world, you know, we, we went from, you know, last year, the average days on market was 15, you know, 12 to 15. Now, now, you know, a lot of our, uh, a lot of our, our, in our markets today are, is 35, 40 days. And, and, you know, in comparison to what we came from, that feels like an eternity in terms yeah. of real estate. So, you know, agents, sellers, people, everyone's adjusting their, their expectations and what to expect when their house is for sale on, on, on today's market. And I feel like for the most part, a lot of the sellers are really educated in terms of what's going on and where we are today as a market. And, and you know, speaking for myself, a lot of the time when I go meet with sellers, um, you know, one of the questions I'll ask is, you know, you know, what do you, do you know what's going on in today's market? Or are you aware of, of, you know, the landscape and, and just to get a feeling of, of, you know, where I need to educate or where I need to help. And, uh, and, and a lot of them are, are very well aware of, of today's market. Well, let's shift gears because come the new year, there's going to be a bit of a change here in Hamilton and it is going to impact those of you who have short-term rental spaces, whether it's in your primary residence or elsewhere, you're definitely going to be impacted because the city's new short-term rental bylaw will take effect as of New Year's Day 2024 and will limit... Uh, hosts who only renting out their principal residences. And basically throughout the month of December, you have to apply for a short-term rental license. Um, basically, the city's trying to do this to negate um, or, or I guess prevent a lot of these properties in town from being used 
as short-term rentals as opposed to just plain old rentals, seeing that we have a rental crisis and a housing crisis. Phil, I know this is near and dear to your heart. What are your thoughts about this? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's um, I think it's bad. I think it's bad for the city. I think it's bad for um, the policy to go in this position. And, and you know, I'm... I'm an advocate for regulation and licensing. I think I think it's needed um, amongst Airbnb owners, but to 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 limit hosts to only renting out their principal residences, there's people that want to come into the city and, and and they want the privacy of their own home. They want they they don't want to share. They're they're not just looking for a room or a basement. They they want to use the backyard and they want to use. Um, the entire house. They don't just, you know, like I said, they don't want to be limited to, to being sharing with someone else. And I think, you know, we should have regulations and, and licenses, but also open it up to people who, who own properties that want to rent them out on, on an Airbnb style or a short-term rental market. This is going to eliminate every single person who, who owns another property and wants to, to rent it out on Airbnb. You, you, I, you know how you eliminate uh, long-term rentals? But you, you, instead of them putting money and trying to stop the long-term, I mean, the short, the yeah. short-term rentals, get more people into the landlord-tenant board. 100%. And then you're going to get more people saying, you know what, I don't need this short-term rental. So, I'll, put, I'll put long-term rental. Because if you can get, a, yeah. if a tenant doesn't pay his rent, it'd be nice that you can go to the board within a month and say, hey, this guy is costing me money. We need him out of here because he doesn't want to pay rent anymore. If they did that, if they did that, instead of worried about the, sure. the short-term rental and look at the long-term, they'll have way more long-term rental. Because and a lot of people went short-term rental when, because yeah. of the landlord-tenant board. When you, so the Hamilton police release stats on, on what their calls come in every single month. Every single month they come out with a, with a thing. And landlord-tenant problems oh. is at the top of the list every single month. And, and so... It, that's where the problem persists. That's what's taken up our our our, our time in terms of, um, you know, even policing, a landlord tenant board. So it, it, it's super frustrating to to you know they've got to change. They have they got to change it. They're putting the money in the wrong spot. They got to you know like you know what like I, I'm not saying I'm for uh, short term rentals or for uh, long term. I'm just saying that if they want more uh, long term rentals, they want more people, more houses available. You know what? Put get the landlord tenant board in order. Get that house in order. It, yeah, and, and, if they don't, and if they don't do that, hey, guess what? You're gonna see people saying, "I don't want to deal with tenants yeah. on a long term basis because they get, they can mess me up and they can make me go bankrupt not paying the rent for a year." And and for them to describe it as party hotels in neighborhoods, like, you know, I I'm in this space. I I have an Airbnb. Um, you know, I have an Airbnb downtown Hamilton. Us as Airbnb investors, we don't want those. It's not like we're trying to attract the, the parties. It's not, it's not, we don't want our house used as that. So we will do our best to ensure that we're vetting these people that are coming into our homes to, to eliminate that. They make it sound like, you know, the Airbnb investor who, who's renting out their property is, is specifically attracting or promoting, or promoting, promoting these party, party hotels. Yeah. It's not, it's, it, that's, that's not the case. That's not what's going on. So, from my experience right now, we have the Great Cup coming in. I have a family that's coming down to visit. They've, they've been to the Great Cup for the last 20 years. <laughs> they're, they're staying at my property ne- next week, right? Sounds like, sounds like friends of mine and, that I know. <laughs> and and, and they're, they're excited. This is something that they want. It's going to enhance their experience of, of coming to the city of Hamilton in comparison to going 
and and uh, staying in a hotel, right? They can have homemade dinners. They can go out if they want. They could order food in. But in terms of that experience of, of staying in a hotel and separate hotel rooms and so on and so forth, I think this would, you know, in terms of my property and, and what I have to offer would be a way better experience than that. And that's going to be eliminated. And, you know, there's so many different reasons why, um, you know, people are coming into Hamilton. Weddings is, is a big one throughout the summer months. Yeah. Uh, P, uh, you know, friends and family coming to visit, you know, people at university or, or um, you know, families with, with loved ones that are sick in hospitals, right? They, they enjoy the, their own privacy, not going exactly. through a hotel. They enjoy it. Yeah. And, and, you know, they get to have a homemade meal and, and cook dinner and uh, all, all live under the same roof. In comparison to, to going in and out of a hotel, it's just, you know, it's just a different, different style of, of, of rental. And I, 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 like I said before, I agree with the regulations. I agree with the licenses, but for them to only, you know, turn it into being allowed to use it as, as renting out your principal residences, I think that's a huge miss for the city of Hamilton. Yeah. Landlord tenant board, get that house in order. There's uh, there's more than a thousand short-term rental listings in Hamilton. At least that was the case uh, about a year ago. When this bylaw comes into effect, come January 1st, is this going to increase the long-term rental market? Because again, this bylaw stipulates that short-term rental hosts can only rent out their principal residence. So if you have a property um, somewhere other than your principal residence, or, or do you sell it? Do you change it to a long-term rental space? Like, what are the options? Yeah, we we've already seen because in comparison to where we were in the last two years, right? With the, with the you know the COVID lockdowns and the restrictions on travel, we've already seen the Airbnb market start to decline, right? Um, in comparison to where people's numbers were the last few years, and then you combine that with the with the rising interest rates, anybody on a variable mortgage. So we've already seen this short-term rental market start to change, right? This is going to add another layer to that, to that, um, to that market. So we're going to see people convert back to long-term rentals. We're going to see people just sell their house and 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 say, you know what, I I I'm I'm moving on from this investment. I'm going to sell it and and hop into something else. But also, we're going to see people that will will not listen to this. Right, <laughs> we're just going to go ahead and and, 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 and they're going to continue because Airbnb is not going to take the listing down, no. right? Airbnb, no. you know, if the city of Hamilton contacts Airbnb and says, "Oh, you know, you need to remove the thousand listings," well, you know, they're not doing anything illegal, but what what's their policing strategy? Are they are, are is the city of Hamilton really going to you know? you know, use resources and, and, and for lack of better terms, waste resources on, on ensuring that, um, you know, these, these, every single Airbnb has a license and is regulated and so on and so forth, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see how their policing policies come out and, and, and yeah. are, didn't they, didn't they, didn't they try uh, doing licensing for everybody had uh, for their dogs? It seems like there's a license <laughs> for everything. These yeah. Days. But it, uh, but but what's going to go on with with those? You know, how are, how are they going to police it? So, um, and and you know, to the effect of that is is you know, policies can always change, right? It's it's, um, you know, what what's the feedback going to be, and and you know, where where are we going to be in a year from now in in regard to this policy? So I'm excited to see how it it, it um, you know, folds out and and what what happens to that market. But but like I said before, I I think these. You know, single-family detached Airbnbs are 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 needed. I think they're a great resource for for people that are traveling to the city of Hamilton, um, and and I think they support a lot of local businesses in terms of attracting tourists. So, um, you know, you know, you know where I stand on this. 
No, I don't. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> totally. You yeah. laid it out very nicely, Phil. There's no doubt about that. I, I want to ask you, we've got 90 seconds in this in this segment. What do you think? And I'm not sure if any information has been relayed on this. What is the penalty? For, for yeah, keep, there, for, there, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it, it, it they, highlights it. I don't I, think. It, I, I don't it, think they said the penalty. Yeah. They'll probably give you a warning or something like that. Yeah. Who knows? But uh, it, 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 it's it's hard to gauge what they're going to do. But you know what? I'm going to tell you, it's going to be it's going to be tough. If they if they hired somebody to pay them eighty ninety thousand a year to do this, they'll need to get two three guys. They could have used that money and put it put it into something else better. Absolutely. You know. Uh, if you do have a short-term rental property and you're going to be impacted by this, you can certainly get more information on the city's websites, www.hamilton.ca forward slash short-term rentals. All right, uh, let me tee up what is going to happen in our next segment because this is a very interesting scenario that some of you who have your home up for sale, whether or not you should take a conditional offer on the sale of your property. You know what the ups and downs are. But let me remind you of this as well. You can also listen to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition, online through Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. Just search for the Golfy Real Estate Show in your favorite podcast platform. Hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you want to sell your house or you're in the market to buy a home, call the number one REMAX team in Canada, the Golfy team at 905-575-7700, online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I dot com. More of the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition, next on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. This is the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfie and Phil Golfie. Sales representatives, Remax, Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob G. O-L-F-I.com. Call the number one REMAX team in Canada, the Golfie team, if you want to get your home sold or you're on the market to buy a house. RobGolfie.com, the website, the phone number, 905-575-7700. Follow the Golfie team on Instagram, Facebook, Threads, X, and TikTok. And head online to GolfieHomeValue.com to get an instant home estimate. Plug in some numbers and get a pretty good idea of what your home could go for on the open market. Well, here's a question that I think many home sellers uh, might have already asked themselves this year, and if not, maybe quite recently. Should you take a conditional offer on the sale of your property? What is your go-to stance on that one? When the market was really hot, absolutely not. Nobody was taking conditional sales of property. But right now, uh, you have to be careful in which conditional sale to accept. Because if you have an, uh, an agent coming in and the house is for sale and he has an, uh, a house to sell, if he does not price that house right, basically he's tied you up. I mean, you still can accept another offer um, and, you know, conditionally that the guy re- receive an offer. He's got 48 hours to firm up if he, uh, uh, with the new offer versus uh, the original offer of the sale of property. Um, but people have a tendency of not uh, showing those houses. Agents won't show those houses that do have a conditional sale because they don't know if it's going to firm up and you don't want your clients to fall in love with the house and then not get it. So in my opinion, 
it's okay to uh, take a conditional sale property as long as the agent that's bringing the offer in, he prices the house right. Now we've got conditions now that we add that they have to have the house up by a certain time. Sometimes people, they'll put an offer on your house and they wait three weeks before they put their house on the market, which is terrible. So they tied you up for three weeks and nothing's happening with their house. Not, nobody's even knowing it's for sale. So that's one thing. Um, so you, you gotta be very careful, very careful when you're taking a conditional offer. Cause, um, I've seen so many people, uh, put, uh, take the conditional sale property and the, the backup house is so overpriced. Right. And then you got, really, you got nothing. That, you you that, got zero. Yeah. I was going to hop in here and say, when, when we're looking at a, at an offer and it has a conditional on sale of property, I need to know what they're listing that house at in terms of price and, and, and value, when it's going to be on the market. Have they taken photos yet? Are they ready to come, come uh, list on the market right away? And, and because, you know, it's known that when, you're, when your house is conditionally sold on sale of property, the interest significantly declines. The showing in, the showings and attraction declines on that specific property. So, so you're, 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 you know, you want to make this deal happen. You're excited because you got an offer. You know, you, you like the number, you like everything else, but it's, it's not a good offer until that other property sells. So it's, right. it's very difficult to, you know, there's a lot of moving parts and there's, there's, you, you got to put a lot of trust um, in that other agent. And, and if that other agent is not a, a good agent or, he's, not, or he's a part-time yeah. agent, he's a part-time agent, guess what? You're going to have a problem. Yeah. This, guy, this guy's not 100% in with his job. I just went through it on one in Niagara Falls and, and, and the information he, he provided me was, was you know, he basically lied to me. I said, what, you know, he lied about him being ready to go on the market. He lied about the price that he was listing at and he, he dragged us out for a few weeks and I said, you know what, this, this deal's not going anywhere. You're, you're, you're hindering our chance to sell and, and we got to get out of it. And, and we, we ended up getting out of that, that first deal and we put it back up on the market and it sold within, you know, a couple of weeks later. So, um, it's, 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 you know, there's more layers to the conditional uh, offer clause um, in, in terms of sale of property. And it's understanding that, that that backup property or that property that's for sale, make sure that, it, that that's a saleable property. Make sure it's going to be listed for the right price. Make sure it's going to be listed by a good agent with a good marketing plan, a good reputation, things like that. Do that due diligence before you just look at the price of the offer and, and hope the other property you know, sells. Uh, given the market that we're in right now, is taking a conditional offer a gamble? Uh, it's no. a 50, 50. Yeah. yeah because the reason why we're taking them now, because we're not getting anything else. Yeah. Uh, we're not getting a, a, like a condition of financing or home inspection on its own. And so we, as not only as the sellers, but as the agent selling agent, we're, we're taking a gamble ourselves because we got nothing else on the yeah. table. And that's why, uh, a lot of, there is a lot of conditional, uh, uh, offers on uh, houses right now of conditional sale property. And, and we don't want them. We don't no. like them. And, and, and we're in the, the mercy of the other agent and see what he lists that property on. Just like Phil said, Hey, if they lie to you and they will lie to you because they want the deal. But then after you really, you got zero at the end of it. So it's, you have to be very careful yeah. when you take them. It's, it's the market we're in right now and, and, and buyers are going to protect themselves. We saw what happened last year when people were going unconditional and, um, you know, going firm over asking and so on. It's a, it's a completely different market now. And, and sale of properties, I would say are on 50 to 60% of the offers that we're seeing yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, and, and if you, if you get a firm offer or, uh, an offer with no conditions or even just 
you know, one condition, it's, it's, it's gold right now. And, but, but it's a good thing for buyers to be able to be, you know, looking in this market and, and able to protect themselves to ensure that they're not owning two properties at once. I'm going to ask Rob and Phil what some of the top conditions are when people are considering this. When we come back here on the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. And it's the last go-round here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfy and Phil Golfy, sales representatives, Remax, Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. Head over to robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I dot com. Or call the number one REMAX team in Canada. That's the Golfie team, 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. They're all over TikTok and Facebook, Threads, X, and Instagram. And you can also check them out at GolfieLuxury.com for some luxurious homes that are on the market. If you have a topic idea or a question for the Golfie team, send them an email, questions at robgolfie.com. So we were talking about whether or not people should take a conditional offer on the sale of their property. And there's some, well, there's some pros and there's some cons depending on the situation. What are the top conditions that remain the top conditions and, and will be to the end of time? It, my guess would be condition of financing, home inspection, and maybe timeline of sale. Are those the top three? Yeah, uh, uh, financing, home inspection, and, and insurance. That's an important one that should be out there a lot because um, you don't know what the insurance companies rate that area. It could be there could be maybe uh, it could be on a floodplain or or could have sewer problems or it could have high uh, crime rate. Uh, there could be so many different factors. And at one time, I'll tell you, many, many years ago, anything north of Barton Street was hard to get not only a mortgage, but get insurance. And this is, we're talking like 20 years ago. And so you had to be very, very careful uh, when you were taking clients through and you say, hey, listen, you know, you definitely got to go in with the condition here because you don't know if the banks are going to finance or, or the insurance companies are going to cover it because it's just, yeah. it, the North End was like an old area that, like it was, it was tough, but, yeah. but, but because the way with the GTA buyers came here and they started buying these properties and cleaning them up and fixing them up, it changed it. Now the, there is no issues about yeah. the North end. I, I just had one in Welland that, uh, I told you the story, you know, I, we, you know, we we're going through a sale. We had multiple offers. The first offer was, was significantly higher than the other offer. And, and we ended up going with the first offer. There were some conditions on it and, their, their mortgage broker contacted me and right when he contacted me, he said, Phil, this, this specific home is flagged by uh, CMHC. And, and they said that, you know, the structural and, you know, the structural integrity of the house, they're not willing to finance it. And I said, Holy smokes. Like, you know, that, that's not good. You know? So, so, um, you know, that specific buyer had less than 20% down. CMHC wasn't willing to, 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 to ensure the deal. So that deal died. So I went back to the other offer who, who, who didn't get it in the first place. And I said, um, you know, the, the previous deal or the previously accepted offer fell apart because there's, you know, CMHC has it flagged in terms of having structural issues on this specific property. Um, you know, and, and now in, in full disclosure, it's, it's flagged by CMHC, structural issues. I have to let everyone know. And, and luckily, the, the other guy who, who's buying it just happens to have a construction business. 
And so, and, and also he has, he had more than 20% down and he said, okay, well, you know, thanks for letting me know. He said, I'm still interested. It's going to be a lesser price than what I previously offered, but I still want to move forward. And, and so we, we, you know, he reduced his, his offer price, resubmitted a new offer. Um, and we got it accepted and, and, and now he's going to, you know, he's, he, he's, he understands that the house has, has structural problems. He's going to go and fix it. He's going to get engineering reports and drawings so that when the when he when he down the road when he goes to sell it, that that flag can be taken off by CMHC and, and the next buyer will will be able to get financing. So so thank God that we you know it, it was almost like the perfect buyer for this property in terms of the type of business he was in and and he's going to be able to fix it up and and get get it going and and he's going to build some equity in there in terms of finding a distressed property. But the other part of it is that if somebody bought that without an inspection and and paid with a large down right. payment and didn't go through CMHC that seller, I, I don't know if he known or did not he, know. He didn't know. I asked him, I said, did so, they see, you know, when you purchased the and he said, I, I had more than 20% down. They, there was yeah. no way to know. If you have so, more than 20% down, there's no way to know. You sometimes, have know. sometimes it's a bad thing having more than 20% <laughs> down because, but that's why you should always get an inspection done regardless. Cause like that buyer did not know that that had, that had structural issues. Right. So the next, the next buyer, if he bought over 20 with more than 20% down, they would not know until until this happened, and now yeah. we have, now now that we know it, yeah, you have to fully disclose it, regard, regardless regardless yeah. if they got more more than twenty percent down. So somebody along the chain didn't disclose exactly. and and so, and that person got and screwed that, on and it. And that was his question to me. He said, "Well, Phil, what about me?" And I was like, "You know, you didn't he, you didn't I, do an inspection, probably. You didn't and, do an inspection, and you have you had more than twenty percent down and." His question was, well, like, you know, could I go after the seller? I said, if they, if you can prove that the seller or the seller's agent knew, knew, it. The, knew it, then absolutely. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, but he bought it five years ago and, and, you know, it is, it, it's a tough situation, right? He, he, you know, for, for whatever, you know, he lost money on his sale now. He, you know, even, even more money than what he had expected to get in yeah. this market. Yeah. So yeah. it's, um, you so, know, so now it's clean. Yeah. Everybody knows. <laughs> the next person is going to fix it, and then yeah. the, and then the buyer after him will not have to worry about it. Yes. Yeah. It's also a glimpse we'll of happily ever after. Yeah, it's also a glimpse of the experience that the golfy team brings to the table each and every time. And if you want to sell your house, your house, or you're in the market to buy a house, call the number one Remax team in Canada. That is the golfy team nine zero five five seven five seventy seven hundred online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Rob and Phil, great show as always, and thank you for listening to the Golfie Real Estate Show. We're back next Saturday at 9 on 900 CHML. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.